Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. We're going to jump into the Word tonight, uh, to this morning. By the way, last night was awesome. Uh, man, it was such a night. Man, it was just like we just kind of went off and worship, and it was so much fun, and we partied. So if you're wondering next time if you should come to our next team night, the answer is yes. It's, you should come. It is so much fun. We had such a blast, and uh, it was a great time. We actually recorded the message, uh, which I encourage you to listen to. Uh, I shared a, just a, a prophetic thought for our church and for our teams. You can hear that online. I'll post that online here soon, but uh, go back and listen to it. I kind of said some raw things on there, so uh, maybe I shouldn't put it online, but <laughs> it was, uh, it was a, good, a, good, a good day together. So come on, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Colossians uh, chapter, uh, chapter uh, 2. And what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to keep going on our series um, we're going to jump into uh, really the remaining of our book over the next several weeks and try to finish Colossians by the end of April. Uh, and really what we're going to spend the next several weeks on is how does uh, this, what Paul's trying to teach these, these people in, in Colossians, the Church of Coloss, how, what, how does it apply to your life? So we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about your workplace. We're going to talk about some, uh, you know, uh, just our, our life a little bit more and practically over the next several weeks. But he takes a shift. Paul takes a bit of a shift here. And what he's talked about so far in our text in Colossians is he's identified very clearly that Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the timeless one. Jesus is, is our sustainer. Jesus uh, is uh, the source of life. Jesus is our redeemer. That the God that we serve is not just some ideology or philosophy. The God that we serve is not just some man-made religion. The God that we serve, uh, Jesus Christ, was not only the creator and was in existence prior to the creation of humanity and the world and he exists prior to time. He exists prior to the ages. He exists prior to our understanding. Jesus, who walked on the earth, is, is our redeemer and our sustainer. And he carries us not only in the beginning, but Jesus will carry us all the way to the end. And as we talked about often, that in our journey as followers of Jesus Christ, just because you say a prayer of faith does not mean that you will remain to the end. And so we have to remember that Jesus wants to carry us and sustain us and partner with us in our journey as we live our life. And some of us will live long lives. Some of us will live shorter lives. We don't know that's up to the Lord, but all we know is that we want to be serving the Lord, amen, and our hearts to be fully committed to Christ, whatever he has for our lives. And he talked a little bit about the idea that this idea of Jesus being this God, Jesus being this creator, this actually impacts you and me because we now live a new life in Christ. The old is gone. That means that now we live a resurrected life, meaning you and I have an inheritance in Christ. We are sons and daughters of God, which means everything that Jesus was destined for, you and I are destined for. The same ability that Christ had to overcome death, we now have. That you and I will never die. The, the same idea that Christ endured on this earth, he was victorious and he overcame and he lived a victorious life. That's the abundant life that Jesus modeled is the life that you and I can live right now. 
We don't have to wait until we die and go to heaven. We can live an abundant life full of faith, full of life. Yes, do we have ups and downs? Yes. Do we have hardships? Yes. Do we have moments of change? Yes. Do we experience life? But those life moments that you experience are the very reality that causes the resurrection of Christ to come out of your life. And so we have to understand something as Paul is trying to teach us. He's, he was worried about these individuals because their pastor, Epaphras, who planted the church, the church was six years old, and he had visited Paul in prison and said, Paul, the church is going really good, but I'm just worried about the church. I'm worried that the church is, is, is yes, they made a confession of faith in Christ, but I'm worried that Something's going, that, that there's going to be some humanistic ideologies or philosophies that are going on around the world, that are going on in Christendom, that are going on in culture, that might actually cause these people to stray from the faith. I'm worried, Paul, and I'm not sure what to do. And so Paul, Epaphras left. Paul wrote a letter, never meeting these people in the city of Colossus, never meeting the people in the city of Laodicea, never actually meeting these people, penned this letter as basically a, an apostolic or a pastoral letter to these people to warn them about the potentials of them straying from the philosophical, humanistic ideologies that absolutely can permeate every single individual who chooses to follow Christ. Paul was concerned about this. And as we look at our key text today, we're just going to look at just a few verses, verse 6 to verse 8, but I'm actually going to cover the whole chapter today. Don't worry. You're like, oh my Lord, we're, gonna, we're not going to read the whole thing. We're not going to dig too deep into some of the nuances that he's talking about, but I'm going to give you the overarching idea that Paul's trying to help you understand because it sets us up for the rest of our series. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, he says this. Uh, Joel, you just put that up on the back screen for me. That'd be awesome. And you can take me off this screen. That'd be awesome too. That's cool. Check that out. This is like, like what's that movie about the dreams, you know, with Inception? Yeah, that was like Inception. It starts to bend. <laughs> Which reality are we in? Okay, sorry. Colossians 2, 6. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. So now, remember, he taught all of these things. Taught about Jesus. Taught about how it should change your life. Taught about all these things. And now he's coming into the part where he's going to warn them about the potential that could cause them to stray. He says, I need you to, uh, thank you. I need you to continue to follow him. Don't stop living your lives in him. Like you've accepted him. Okay, you've received him. You've accepted Christ as your Lord. You've said that prayer. You've made that confession. You've started going to church. You've started doing these things. But now I need you to know, now you've got to continue to follow after him. You've got to continue to live your lives after him. Listen, I, I've talked to you about Christ. I've talked to you about salvation. And, and we're going to get to the practical realities of what a life in Christ looks like. But I want to identify a problem. There are people trying to teach you false philosophies and ideologies in our culture today that absolutely will impact your walk with God. So continue in what you've been taught. Do not stray. And this is the problem he was addressing in Colossians 2, 8, and 9. Don't let anyone, notice this language, capture you. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from where? Human thinking. Now remember, Paul is not writing to unbelievers. Paul is not writing to Jewish individuals. He's writing to Gentiles, unless you were Jewish born here today. He's talking to people like us 
who did not know Christ, there I am again, learned Christ. We learned what, who Christ was. We understood this new idea of Christianity, but prior to that, we didn't know God. We didn't have a religious system like Judaism. And as we came in to accept Christ, now he's saying, I need you to be careful because as a follower of Jesus, the potential is for you to be captured with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Empty, humanistic ideology, philosophies. These are ideas and philosophies in our world today that are excluding Christ completely. One of them, I, I hear many Christians who are Christians today, followers of Jesus Christ, but believe in evolution. The purpose of evolution is to eradicate God from the equation. The purpose of many of these philosophical ideas is to try to teach us that we can live an abundant life without Christ. You can be wealthy and prosperous. You don't need Christ. You just need to do this little equation. Give your money here and do that. Make sure you make it up to my personal name and you'll be blessed. Don't do that. I was just kidding. If you're visiting, I'm not actually saying to do that. <laughs> For those of you visiting, you're like, this guy's a creep. <laughs> what these humanistic ideas are trying to do and what we actually find ourselves, and I've actually spent, I have a bit of an addiction and I'll admit it up publicly so you can keep me accountable to YouTube. Uh, and I, I need help with that because I don't do social media, but I tend to flip through YouTube and all my channels are Christian channels listening to different people's perspectives on different things. And I realize all of this is just humanistic ideas. These are all just humanistic interpretations on what's going on in our world today. And if we're not careful, social media, if we're not careful, the news, if we're not careful, if we, you know, I don't watch the news, but I know that often the news has nothing about Jesus through it, does it? All we're hearing about the entire thing is how terrible our world is. And now you better not go outside or you're probably going to die. And so we fill ourselves with news and all these things. And I know we, we tend to do that. And I, if you're watching the news here today, I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to spank you. I'm just saying. We go on social media and we, you know, zoom through all these Christian commentators when we haven't spent any time reading our word. And what happens is, is that over time, your, your foundational simplistic understanding of Christ begins to get skewed by the nonsense and humanistic philosophies and without even realizing it, you've been captured by an ideology that has come from humanistic thinking. I don't care if they call themselves a Christian. I don't care if they say that they're a follower of God. If it's not exalting the name of Jesus Christ and founded on the word, it's a bunch of garbage. And so we have to understand something today that Paul is trying to help us understand that this human thinking attempts to minimize the transformative power of the greatness of Christ in our lives and instead put the focus on ourselves. That's why if I wouldn't get arrested, I would go into every Christian bookstore and burn every self-help book I could. And I know, I want you to hear me today, I believe in psychology and I believe in counseling and I believe in those things, but some of the books we're reading are only teaching us that we have everything within me to overcome. Listen, you don't. It is only the power of the Holy Spirit living within you. It is only Jesus Christ living in you. The only time you and I can ever take credit for anything is when we, actually, I don't think we can, so never mind. I was like, there was the heresy, heresy moment that goes on YouTube, you know, the little clip. 
No context. <laughs> the ones I watch. <laughs> you got to be careful. There's a lot of celebrities today. I know I'm going off a little bit. Forgive me. There's a lot of celebrities today, you know, get up and say, I'd like to thank God. I'm like, which God are we talking about here? I'd like to thank God for this and thank you, God. I'm like, are we talking about Allah here? We're talking about Jesus. Just because an actor says, I want to thank God, people say, oh, I think he's a Christian. <laughs> Just because he makes a confession of faith, his, his, our, our, our minds can be close to God, but our hearts can be very far from him. We understand that we can be captured, we can be taken captive, and I, I believe, as I study this today, I'll just be honest with you, I really struggled. My wife knows I really struggled because I'm like, I don't want to preach on this. I want to preach on something that's going to be like, you know, woo, Holy Spirit, you know. But I just feel like the, Holy, the Lord said to me today, this I won't go into it, but I believe the Lord wants me to speak this message. I saved you from a rabbit hole there. <laughs> this isn't on the screen, Romans 12 too. You know this verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's good will, good, pleasing and perfect will is. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of thinking of this world. So here's the question. How many of your thought processes have been captured by humanistic ideologies? And I'll get to this in a moment, but one of the evidences that you've been captured by humanistic ideologies, which is really the punchline of my message today, you lose your gratitude for God. You lose your gratitude for God's faithfulness. You lose your gratitude for his power. You lose his gratitude for his greatness in your life. You lose, his gra- you lose gratitude and you start to take credit for what you never should have taken credit for in the first place. A sign that you slipped into being captured is, is that when you walk into the atmosphere of God, you say, I don't really have anything to worship him for because my life's just, you know, whatever, I'm just good. Rather than coming into the presence of a holy God and being like, oh my God, you are holy. Thank you. (laughs) Gratitude begins to subside and we become a bit cynical. We become to get frustrated. And I get it. I've been there. So I can speak to this with history and experience. Matthew chapter uh, 16, verse 17, we have to remember that when it comes to humanistic philosophy, and I know this is hard for us to wrap our brain around because it's a bit frustrating, that when we are beginning to, you know, I don't have any problem with philosophy because I actually think philosophy, what philosophy does, Christian philosophy, asking questions of God and of his nature, I, I don't have an issue necessarily with philosophy, but when we allow humanistic ideologies or perspectives from people who really aren't serving the Lord and they say they are, but they're really not, or even uh, other, um, you know, uh, other scholars or writers or philosophical individuals, what happens is, is they begin to share and that, that gets into our spirit and we begin to think that all the revelation that we receive comes from our own ability to capture it. But we have to understand something. Every single thing that's been revealed to you has come from God and God alone. That's hard for us to understand because we want, just naturally we want to say, okay, it's because I read this book or did this thing. No, every revelation we understand about God and his word, it has come from God. And we know this because in Matthew chapter 16, you know, the story Jesus asked his disciples, who do, he was a philosophical question. Well, who do people say I am? What's the, what's the philosophical idea? Well, you're Jeremiah, you're Isaiah, you're, you're, you're a prophet. And then he said, okay, who do you say I am? 
And remember, Peter said, well, you're Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. And look what Jesus says to him in the scripture. And you know the scripture, but look what it says here. He says, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of Judah, because your father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. There are things that God wants to reveal to you in your life that I get frustrated sometimes. God, just reveal it to me. And so when I get too frustrated to wait on the Lord, I just try to find it by searching on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, that's what it meant. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to you in Scripture that did not come from another human, but came from the Holy Spirit himself. Maybe God wants to reveal things to you about your life, about your future, about who you are that didn't come from the newest self. I know I'm going off today, forgive me, but I just felt like the Lord wanted me to lean into this a little bit. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself to you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. The Holy Spirit wants to whisper in your ear. The Holy Spirit wants you to understand is what I know what it's like to sit down and be like, what did I just read? I ain't doing this tomorrow. Well, then you probably shouldn't read in the book of Zephaniah for a while. <laughs> Try going to the book of John. <laughs> no, God can speak to us in Zephaniah too. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, but I believe sometimes he wants to just test our heart. Hey, don't you know that, trust me, I, just being in my presence, you might not have all the answers right now. You might not know what that means right now. You might not know what's around the corner right now, but I need you to trust me. I know you don't understand what that scripture means right now. I know you don't know what that means, but I want to encourage you. Trust the Lord. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal this to you. What did he reveal to him? That Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you, and he wants to show you who he is. And I find it interesting that right after Jesus said that to him, and I shared this a little bit last night, right after Jesus said this to Peter, that that he said, This has been revealed to you. So here we have this God thought, this God idea. We have the next verse where Jesus began to talk about how he's going to be crucified. And and Peter said, no, Lord, that'll never happen to you. Now look what Jesus says to him. He says, okay. Now he says to him, you are a stumbling block to me. He says, I don't have this in my notes here, but he goes on to say, you are a stumbling block to me. He says, because you have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. So in one moment, Peter went to receiving a revelation from the Father, having a a God idea. In the next moment, when something came out that he didn't like, or he didn't like how it was turning out, he added humanistic thinking to the ideas of God. And it says, you are a stumbling block to me. And notice what Paul said in the scripture. He identifies two things. He says, firstly, that this, where this comes from is humanistic thinking. And you'll notice it also said spiritual powers. In that same verse where Peter was just told, this has been revealed to you by my father, just in the next verse, he had humanistic ideology, humanistic philosophy, humanistic perspectives. No, that's not gonna happen to you, Jesus. I'm gonna be at your right hand. You're gonna rule on the natural throne. That, that's what's gonna happen, God. And Jesus said, you're a stumbling block to me. You have the mind of man, not the mind of God. But then what did he call him prior to that? He said, get behind me, Satan. So he looked at Peter and said, Peter, in this moment, you are allowing humanistic thinking. That humanistic thinking is not only your human thinking, but also there is an enemy that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. 
I want to say this today to you. We are in a spiritual battle for your faith. There is a spiritual battle for your salvation. You think how you're feeling in the dumps or don't want to be in community or don't want to be around the house of the Lord or don't want to pray. Or don't, want to be, don't you think that's just you? Maybe a little. Don't give yourself so much credit. We have an enemy of our souls that to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to do whatever he can to plant little seeds of humanistic ideologies in your brain so that it will lead you away from being grateful for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants to steal the joy of your salvation. And so little ideas come and little perspectives come and mindsets come, humanistic ideologies, and we just think, man, it's just how it is. or what, And they just sink into our, our, our subconscious mindset and we start to begin to believe these ideas and believe these thoughts. But in reality, Jesus is saying none of that. He says, listen, continue in what I've been, you've been taught. Continue in who Jesus is. Don't forget that Jesus overcame sin and death. Don't forget that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Don't forget that God's called you to live in abundant life. Don't forget that God's given you the authority to see demons cast out and bodies restored and minds healed. Don't forget that you are walking in the Spirit. Don't forget that Jesus Christ, the same God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, lives in you. That's what Paul's trying to tell these people. Do not allow yourself to be captured. This word captured is the only time used in the entire Bible. It's a rare word. And this word actually insinuates the idea that you are kidnapped and taken captive and held in bondage. The idea is that someone's carrying you away like like prey and they are making you captive almost like a war prisoner. This word, this word capture in the scripture isn't just a cutesy word. It's a word of you being taken as a prisoner of war. Don't you think Paul meant something when he wrote that word? When he chose that one word in the entire Bible of all the times he wrote when talking about humanistic ideologies and perspectives in this world? He says, you need to be careful because it will take you captive. It will take you captive like a prisoner of war. And we believe today that the Holy Spirit is going to identify any area of your life and your thinking where you've been captured and he's gonna set you free today. Look what he says in this scripture. Continue. Continue, continue, continue forward. I love this verse. Look what it says. I'm gonna read through it just uh, each verse at a time. There's four things uh, he identifies here in the scripture and I'll give you these really quickly to help you understand how do you keep yourself from allowing these humanistic ideologies or philosophies, either secular or even someone who says the Christian ideas that aren't or humanistic perspectives about yourself. Or What are the four things Paul identifies here? The first thing is this. He says, let your roots grow down into him. So very simply, stay rooted. Now, this word is a past tense word. So it's talking about the roots that you originally planted, the, 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 the seed that went into the soil, remember? And you decided to, to, to have faith and the roots of your heart went down into God's word and into the church and into relationship and into community. Don't allow situations in your life don't allow hardships or temptation or failure to uproot you from your soil don't allow 
your situation you're facing or the hardship you're up against to root you, uproot you from God's word and what God's word says. Don't allow it to uproot you from the community God has placed you in. Don't allow it to root you up from, uproot you from the group that God has you in. Don't allow, stay rooted. Do, this isn't just something that you do. This is something that you've already done. Now he's saying stay that way. Don't be uprooted. Don't allow your roots to come up. And look what it says in Matthew chapter 13. The parable of the sower means this. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that's sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. He says, stay rooted. When persecution comes and when trouble comes, don't give up your confession of faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. When difficulty comes and hardship comes, do not stop having faith in the living God. Do not uproot yourself. Look what it continues in the scripture. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times, 30 times what was sown. The second thought here, he says, okay, so you need to stay rooted past tense. Now it comes to the present tense. Let your lives be built on him. So now this is a daily choice. Okay, you got to go back to your original confession of faith. Go back to the spot when you accepted Christ in your life and go, go double down on that commitment. I gave my life to Christ, D- David Money. I'm going to go public with my faith and I'm never going back. I'm never going to divorce Jesus. We're never going to have a, a temporary separation. We're never going to sleep in separate beds. We are committed to the end of our life. I'm going to give Jesus, I'm going to go back to the roots that I had. Now he says you've got to make a daily choice to build your life on him. Here's my question. How many of us are building by him, near him, by him, but not on him? How many of us in our life have idea, ideas or perspectives or relationships that the sentiment is godly, but it's not actually built on Christ? He says, build your lives on him. This is a decision and a choice that each of us has to make, that, we, that Jesus is not just along the ride when you become a follower of Christ. He's not just along the ride with you. He's in the driver's seat. I want to encourage you today, and I say this prophetically as an encouragement as your pastor. I want you to go home today, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what in my life have I built around you, by you, but not on you? What relationship have I established that has the idea of God, but is actually not built on Christ? What business, what perspective, what grievance have I been holding on to? What idea do I have in my mind? I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. What things in our lives have been built on something other than Christ? Because this is what happens. If we allow ourselves to be uprooted and we find ourselves building our lives near Christ, the same result happens. This is when you begin to get captured by the ideologies and philosophies of this world. As a follower of Christ, it's not just part of my life is built on Jesus. It's not just a portion of my marriage. It's not just one of my kids, Ezra. Is he in the room? Oh, he's doing media. Both of kids are built on Christ. 
It's not just your, your 8% or your $2 or your first 40 or it's not just part of your home. It's not just one of your nice cars. You hear what I'm saying? As followers of Jesus, there should not be a single area of your life that's not built on Christ. Paul's saying this. He says, listen, the way for you to keep yourself from being taken captive as a war prisoner from the ideologies of this world is to find the areas of your life that are built on something else. Those are the things that are going to cause you to be captured. And ask the Holy Spirit, say, Jesus, forgive me. And he's going to give you the wisdom to either A, navigate your way out of it, or B, redeem it for his kingdom. You say, some of you might be thinking, well, I think I got, I got married uh, not on Christ. It's okay. He wants you to stay together. And he's going to unify that. Yes, yes. Is this my way out? Can I get divorced? No, 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 no. He's going to redeem it. Yes. He's going to build on it because that's what God does. He takes our mistakes and he turns them for his glory. Here's the third one here. It says this. If we stay planted and you build every area of your life. You hear what I'm saying? Every area. On Christ, there's two results that come from that. The first thing is this. It says in the scripture, then your faith will grow strong in the what? Truth. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. When you know the truth, any system of error is going to collapse in the face of truth. So you don't need to worry about whether or not you're accepting false truths or half-truths or ideologies or humanistic perspectives. Why? You've chosen to build your life on Christ. And so now we know that your faith will grow strong in the truth. Your faith will grow up in the truth. Your faith will begin to be stronger and stronger and you will have a firm understanding of the truth of God's word and you will not be taken captive. You will be set free. But Paul said, you've been set free to be free. So no longer be led into the yokes of slavery. You're gonna be free. Free from the old ways of thinking. Free from the old perspectives. Free from the defeatist thinking. Free from the fear of death. Free from the fear uh, of fear. Free freedom in your life. You experience freedom, 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 freedom. Abundance in your life. He writes in Colossians, he, he says that I, I want you to understand that all of the understanding that you need for wisdom and for philosophy are found in Christ. What happens is, is that when we begin to build our life on Christ, we begin to grow strong in, our, in, in the truth. We begin to understand the truth of Jesus Christ and we cannot be changed when, uh, when, um, when things begin to hit our culture. Like when we see this big thing going on with the Disney executives right now, trying to infiltrate Disney Plus with an agenda that, that I don't believe to be a biblical agenda. How easy would it be for our children to to be watching TV and begin to accept these ideologies and philosophies, even on these different shows that I watch? I think, man, these people don't know the Lord, and they're teaching my children the, the, the deceptive philosophies of this world. We have to be careful. And now, trust me, hear me, I'm not being legalistic and saying don't ever watch Disney, you know, Cinderella and things like that. I'm just saying you gotta be careful. But, but when you and I establish our home and our children and our life on Christ, you don't have to be afraid. Why? Because we can spot an untruth from a mile away. 
I'm firm in the truth. Oh, I don't think that's right. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. And actually, the Word of God says it's not okay. So I know the culture says that it's acceptable. But in my spirit, I know that's not okay. That's not the truth of God's Word. You don't have to worry about your children. Why? Because your home is, is founded and built on the truth. Your, your home and your life and your finances and your heart and your mind are built on Christ. You become firm in the truth. Lastly here today, and I love this. Look what he says. Okay, you keep yourself rooted. You begin to build your life on Christ. You're firm in the truth. And look what, look what it says. And you will overflow with thanksgiving. I love this. This word thanksgiving, actually, the actual Greek definition is active, grateful, language. Worshipful, grateful language. Gratitude in your life is a sign that you have the joy of your salvation. Gratitude for the biggest things and the smallest things in your life. I've told you this before. Whenever something goes right in my life, I don't care if it was a parking spot at Walmart or if it's a, you know, a, a tax income or whatever return I didn't even know was coming. Whatever it might be, I give glory to the Lord. Why? Because a thankfulness to God is a reminder that God, everything in my life happens because of you. God loves that. I might, my, actually, my mom and dad taught me this. God loves it when we are thankful for what he does in our life. God loves to, to bless you when you acknowledge his blessing. God loves it. Even when sometimes he's like, well, Ryan, I mean, he has everything to do with everything, but even a parking spot, just for a moment, let's pretend he's like, well, Ryan, I actually did everything to do with that, but say thanks for saying thanks. There's something powerful about gratitude in your life. Did you know that Harvard did a, a psychological study on gratitude and thankfulness, and it actually causes a brain transformation when you choose to be thankful and, and grateful for the life that God has given you, there is actually a physical shift in your brain. So if you're feel, feeling depressed or down or discouraged, you know what I do? Jesus, I just want to thank you for that little amount of sun I see in the sky. Jesus, I want to thank you that I can walk today. Jesus, thank you for our church. Lord, thank you for the people in our church. God, thank you for my beautiful, incredible wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, God, that I have beautiful children. Thank you, God, that even though I face this hardship, God, you're with me. Thank you, God, that even though there's a, uh, an epidemic going on in our world with all sorts of things of, of misinformation, God, thank you that you're with me. Thank you, God, that I don't have to be afraid. Thank you, God, that I walk in the wholeness of God. Thank you that I'm a child of God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that I woke up this morning. Thank you that I didn't slur my words this morning. Thank you, God, that I get to stand up and preach in the church. Thank you, God, that I get to walk outside. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the snow. Thank you for the up. Thank you for the down. Thank you, God. Do you know what God does? He just starts to bless you. Evidence, listen, evidence that your life is built on Christ and not humanistic ideology is you have a joyful gratitude in your spirit. So here's the challenge. If you find yourself not full of gratitude, maybe there's some humanistic thinking there. If you find yourself taking credit for things in your life, maybe you've been captured. Don't worry. Again, as I said, Jesus is so faithful. And in one moment, if we identify, Lord, I recognize that I'm not as grateful as I used to be. I recognize that I am not overflowing with thankfulness. I recognize that that's gone missing. That's okay. Just identify it and say, Lord, forgive me. 
I repent of my sin, God, for trying to take credit for things in my life that weren't me. And guess what he's going to do? Okay, God, I want to I build this business back on you. God, I want to build this relationship back on you. God, I want to build this finances back on you. God, I want to build my future back on you. God, I'm going to build my past back on you. God, I'm going to build every area of my life back on you again. What happens? Oh, the truth begins to stir in your life again. And guess what? You will not be captured any longer by the humanistic thinkings of this world, but you will over, overabound and overflow with gratitude and thankfulness for the Lord. <laughs> this is what Paul was trying to help them understand, to bring them back. Guys, don't get distracted by the things of this world. Don't get distracted by how you feel. But come back to the place where we are grateful for the things God's done in our life. Come on, won't you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing a song together. Come on, every eye closed in this place as I pray for you today. Father, I just pray for every individual in this room, those in the room who are close to you, those in the room who are far from you. As we gather today in this room, God, you look down at your, your people in this room, and Lord, you just want to shower your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, you came and sent your son. So, Lord, you are no longer look at us through eyes of sin or eyes of, of, of judgment. God, you see us through love and grace and mercy. I pray for those in the room who have been captured by their own humanistic thinking or ideologies of this world. Lord, our gratitude has subsided, God, and our joy has gone away, Father. And this morning, I pray for every individual, Lord, that you would restore the joy of, of their salvation. Lord, for every hurt and pain, everything they're suffering in this season, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would help them right now to turn their affection and their attention on you. Come on, with every eye closed in this place today, if you're here and you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, you'd like to start a personal relationship with him online or in the room, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in a few seconds. Just put your hand in the air real quick and put it right back down. I'm gonna pray with you. And then we'll, we wanna get you on a journey of knowing this God who loves you so much. His name is Jesus. Come on, every eye closed in this place right now. Come on, you in the room right now and you'd like to make a a confession of faith. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Would you just place your hand in the air today? Come on real high so I can see you today. Come on, anybody in the room want to give their life to Christ? Don't be afraid. Put your hand up. Put it right back down. We're going to pray for you today. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray. For those people today, raise their hand, God. I want to say thank you, Lord, that they're chosen, choosing to give their life to you. We pray for those on our home watching now or later on. God, we pray you would come and God minister to them. They know that they have given, made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord. They are saved. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.